Welcome to the Gospel Center Podcast. My name is Josh Susan. I am a man in desperate need of the gospel, and today I am your host. Today we are getting into episode one of the Gospel Centered Podcast. The last episode, if you listened to it, was more of an uh, introduction episode. It wasn't an actual episode, so we're starting off the show today. We're going to dive into what the gospel is about. And we're going to talk about an introduction into Acts. So for the beginning of the this show, where we're starting at, is we are studying the book of Acts. So today we're going to talk about the gospel and all of what it means and how it impacts our life, and then transition that into an introduction into the book of Acts. I'm really excited about it. I think you're going to enjoy it. Before we get into that, I just want to remind you all that if you don't want to miss anything that we're doing here at the Gospel-Centered Podcast you want to make sure that you're signing up for our email newsletter. You can do that at gospelcenteredpodcast.com. That's gospelcenteredpodcast.com. Without any further ado, let's jump right into the show. What is the gospel? What does it mean when we say we make the gospel centered to our lives? A lot of, a lot of times we take the gospel and we can contain it to these four books of the Bible that are called the gospels. And when we start to talk about gospel centrality, we start to think in this subconscious way, at least, does that mean we only talk about these four books of the Bible? That we only process everything through these four books? And what I want to shed light for you today is that the gospel is actually the entire story of the Bible. The whole story is God's good news, and it culminates in Jesus. It culminates in those four books, but the entire story is the gospel. It's the good news that God is coming to save us. Let's talk about that story for a second. Let's just all get on the same page of what we mean when we say the gospel is the entire story of the Bible. I'm going to sum it up pretty clearly, but also pretty simply. And and the Bible is a really complicated book with a lot of layers that's saying a lot of things. So what I'm doing is trying to help us get on the same page to the semantics of gospel so that we all understand what that story is. We all understand what that filter is. I am by no means uh, simplifying the Bible and pigeonholing everything into my summary. Okay. Before I do all this, I want to explain, I want to tell you about somebody. There's this guy in Portland. He runs a project called The Bible Project. His name's Tim Mackey, and he has a podcast called Exploring My Strange Bible. And he has a series over the book of Matthew, and it is fantastic stuff. And this man, we've never met. He doesn't know me, but he has impacted me more than maybe anyone else in the world on how to approach and read the Bible. And I would suggest everything that he makes to you. Go read and consume everything that he makes because it's fantastic stuff and it will really open your eyes to the story of the Bible. I love I love it. And it has really impacted me. And a lot of what you're going to hear me talk about, you may hear snippets from him if you were to go listen to him because he really has impacted me. And I just want to give him credit for that. I want to ref, I'm going to reference some of the things that he says. Uh, they're not my own. I'm just retelling in my way what he already has told and what the Bible is already telling. So what's the story of the gospel? Well, we have to look at the whole story of the Bible and the story of the Bible starts with God creating the world. And then after he creates the world, he creates this man. He creates Adam. He creates man. 
humans. And he commands these people to go and be his image on earth, to represent him to earth. So the way that earth would see God would be man and that together they would commune and mankind would represent God to earth and rule over earth for God. But along the way, man was tested and failed and everything sort of went bad from there and God and man were separated And we have these stories in early Genesis, right, of the generations of man removed from Adam that they were separating from God. And we come to the story of Noah. And we have God, he's just going to start over and he chooses Noah. He finds Noah to be righteous. And he says, all right, Noah, he basically says, you're going to come be my new Adam. I'm going to wipe out the world and I'm going to start over with you and everything will be good. And we, you and I, we're going to have this covenant together and you will represent me to the new world that I'm going to recreate through the floods. And so the waters crash down and everything is destroyed. And it's just Noah and his family, just like it was just Adam and his family. And Noah himself was tested. And in that test, he failed. And then we move on and we see generations and stories of people who are separated once again from God. And ultimately it culminates in Genesis chapter 11, where they decide that they can be God and they begin to build their own abode. They begin to build their own tower, their own monument to themselves that they are God, that they can be God. And God smites them down. He separates them all and divvies them up to the other false gods in the world. But one group of people he picks, Abraham's family. And he says, through you, Abraham, the world will know me. He he repeats this imager language that what I'm going to do is I'm going to show the whole world my character through how I relate and interact with your people. And from Genesis 11 on to revelation, that's the rest of the story is God interacting with these people. And we know the story, the Israelites go and they get put in Egypt and all these things, right? And we know all these relationships and we're going to talk about a lot of it as they go with God. And then we come to this moment where God becomes man. And Matthew, in the first few chapters of his book, depicts this moment beautifully. And we really begin to understand what the actual good news is. See, it was already good news that man had failed so many times. And even in that failure, God picked aside a family and said, I'm going to relate with you. I'm going to commune with you. And through that communion, I'm going to save all of the nations. And eventually the world will be what I'm going to be again. But those people in one massive story, right? They're in Egypt. Everything is bad for them. And God rescues them through these waters. And then they go out and they're tested and they fail. And for 40 years, they're in the wilderness test being tested and failing. 
And we have these constant stories of God being there and testing humans and humans failing and testing humans and humans failing. And, and there becomes this narrative in these prophets that eventually there's going to come a one who's tested and doesn't fail. There's going to come a person who's the Messiah and he'll be like God and he won't fail. And in that, everything will be restored. And so in Matthew, we see Jesus being born. And it's pretty amazing what we see Matthew do with Jesus's journey to show us that Jesus isn't just God. He is the new and better Adam and the new and better Israel. And just like God set Israel aside and said, in relation with you, I'm going to save the whole world. You are going to represent the world to me and you are going to represent me to the world. Jesus is a, the culmination of that relationship. He is the new and better Israel. And you'll see the parallels that what Matthew is saying in the beginning is that like Israel, Jesus represents the world to God. And he represents God to the world. And he becomes this powerful imager, the new and better Adam. And he is tested, but he doesn't fail. And we see that. Just like the Israelites were rescued, they, they started, they come up through Egypt, and Moses comes and rescues them and rescues them through the waters, and then spend 40 years in the wilderness being tested and failing. We see Jesus coming up as a child through Egypt. And then he comes up to John the Baptist where he's baptized and he's passing through the waters and on the backside of the waters, God opens the heavens and says to him, says to everyone, this is my son, my beloved. He comes from me. And then immediately after that, Jesus is called out into 40 days into the wilderness where he's tested. He's the new Israel. He's walking through the same journey that Israel had walked through. There's these parallels and these connections in the stories. But in this test, he succeeds. And through him, God's going to save us all. And that's the gospel. That's the good news. That God constantly whittled down this representation to himself. He said, you people will never pass these tests. So I'll become one of you and I'll pass the test for you. And I will let that test passer represent all of you to me. All of your sins will go on his shoulders so that when I look at you, I see him. That's the best news that we could ever hear. And that's what the gospel is. But the gospel doesn't just start, stop there because the Bible doesn't stop in the last chapter of the gospel of according to John. We move on into the book of Acts. The gospel continues on in Acts. Jesus tells people, his people, his disciples, his followers in Acts that what's coming next is he's going to empower them 
with the spirit to continue to do what it was that he was doing. What did he do? He represented God to earth and represented earth to God. He lived fantastically as an earthly person and showed the world what God was doing on earth and for earth. And so when we become empowered for the Holy Spirit by the Holy Spirit, we will see that our job is the same. We are here to represent God to earth, to show all of the people who are separated from God, just like Israel did, just like Jesus did. Our job is to show everyone the story that God has been telling since the beginning of time. Our job is to show everything and we're powered by the, empowered by the Holy Spirit, set free by the death of Jesus Christ to do this, to tell the story of the gospel to go and be representatives and messengers of the good news. As a corporate body, the church is the continuation of Jesus. And my question today, before we move on to talking about the introduction of Acts, and this is really why the Gospel Center podcast is even existing, is how can we represent the gospel with our lives, if our lives are constantly centered around other things. Our lives are stories to be told. We're all storytellers. And the Bible is one massive story of God interacting with humans and rescuing them and saving them. And when we come to the knowledge that Jesus is God and we accept that he's the God of all gods, that he's the Lord and that he's also our savior, we are grafted into this family. We become adopted brothers and sisters of Christ and our mission, our goal becomes the same as his and the same as Israel's to show the world what God has done to bring glory to his name by telling his story. The entire Jewish faith is built on the Old Testament, which is a narrative story of what God has done with the Jewish people. And we believe as Christians that we are the fulfillment of that and the continuation of that. Our lives are intended to be centered around this story, to be centered around this good news. so that the world that hasn't heard it can. It's not just about talking. It's about living. It was about living for them. They didn't just tell the story. They lived the story. They followed the laws that this God had called them to follow. They went where God called them to go so that their whole life Words and actions would be a representation of what they believed in. And so often now in the 21st century, we have exiled the gospel to an hour long set of words on one morning. And then we go out and we center our lives 
around everything else. We center our lives around our career. We center our lives around being healthy. We center our lives around sports. We center our lives around consumption. We center our lives around everything but the gospel. And then we lament. Why doesn't the world understand what Christianity is really about? Don't they hear us? No, they don't. Because we're not telling that story. And don't get me wrong. There's a place in a gospel-centered life for health and finances and careers and sports and consumption. In fact, I would say all of those things are necessary in a gospel-centered life, but they cannot be the center. The gospel has to be the center of your life so that when you're in your career, you're telling the story of the good news of God. When you are at your sports, you're telling the story of the good news of God. And when you are at the gym getting healthy, you are not doing it so that you look great in a mirror. You are doing it so that you can continue to tell the story that God has set you free and made you new through Jesus. That's the gospel. So when we talk about the gospel in the gospel-centered podcast, and when we challenge for gospel centrality, We aren't talking about just tell people about Jesus. We're talking about a way of life that continues the story that started with Adam and culminated in the new Adam that is Jesus. And in that vein, it's a perfect transition and why I want to start with the book of of Acts. Because what does gospel centrality really look like? Well, we have an example of that. The book of Acts is immediately following the ascension of Jesus and doing what the people who were called by Jesus, that's us, were supposed to do. See, if you were to open your Bible right now to the book of Acts, you would have this little subtitle. It says, the Acts of the Apostles. And it's really a misnomer. Because the book of Acts isn't completely about the apostles. They're major characters in the story, but there's one character that moves throughout the entire story of Acts. And that's the Holy Spirit. If you were to open my Bible this morning, or this afternoon, or this evening, whenever you're listening, you would find that I've marked that out and I've rewritten the title to be the acts of Jesus through the apostles, because that's really what the story is. Now we're telling the story of Jesus through our own lives. And we see that very clearly in acts. And that's what the book of acts is. It's the apostles continuing the story of Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit, who is Jesus. He, he sent this spirit for us so that we may do what he's called us to do. And we're going to learn all about that. Acts is an interesting book because it's not a letter. Most of the books in the New Testament are letters written to someone by someone. But Acts is a narrative account of what happens at the beginning of the church, what happens to the people after Jesus ascends. Luke was writing it to Theophilus as a continuation of the gospel of Luke. 
He's telling Theophilus, he's telling Theophilus and Luke what happened with Jesus. He's doing a historical narrative account of Jesus's life. And in Acts, what we get is the continuation of that through what the apostles do once Jesus commands and ascends. We get the beginning of the Great Commission. But that means that Acts is for us because we are like the apostles. We've all been called by Jesus to fulfill the Great Commission and to go and tell this story. So when we're reading this story of Acts, the narrative that it is, it's important that we understand that it's for us. That we, like Theophilus, are reading on and we're supposed to pull out of this story applications for our own hearts of how we should behave and act and missionally move forward. There's a lot of lessons that we're going to learn as we move through the book of Acts. And I think that it's going to be really good for me and for everyone listening to help us start out this journey together of centering our lives around the gospel and living a gospel centered life. We're going to see a few things in Acts. At the beginning, we're going to see this great deal of anticipation this massive buildup for what's next. We're going to see a lot of persecution, people being hurt in names of the story that we're talking about in name of the gospel being stepped on so that they would stop telling it. And in response to that, we're going to see some spreading. We're going to see that the gospel is an incredibly powerful story. And when you step on it, it grows more potent and spreads throughout the world. And finally, and I think most importantly, we're going to see deeply religious people continuing their religion, continuing their rituals that they believed tell the story with their actions. Oftentimes when we approach acts, we'd like to believe that it's just a bunch of hippies doing home churches but that's not what's in the scripture. We see a bunch of people continuing to go to the temple, continuing to do their rituals. They also meet in homes. They also break bread. They weren't undoing what had already been done. They were continuing it. They were fulfilling it. They were following Christ's lead. It wasn't about overhauling this old way that was wrong. It was about living fully in that old way. And we're going to see people who take very seriously the things that they do with their life so that their lives may reflect the story and salvation that God gave them. I'm really excited about diving in to the book of Acts. There's a lot to learn there. And I think it's going to challenge us to move deeper into our own acts, our own actions, and how those actions reflect Jesus.
All right, guys, that's our show. That's episode number one. Um, I hope that it impacts your life. I hope that you enjoyed it. Before we go, let's go ahead and jump into one cool thing. Uh, today's one cool thing is going to be something a little silly, but if you're like me, you do a lot of different things on your phone and you play a lot of different games on your phone. And, and recently I downloaded a new game. It's pretty popular on the app store called Bloons TD6. It stands for Bloons Tower Defense 6. And I've, I've just been loving this game. There's something, the game costs like $4.99. There's something refreshing about just buying a game outright. I play a lot of games with microtransactions and all this stuff. There's something really refreshing about just having the game, being able to access all the content, being able to play the entire game through, and just have a lot of fun. It's a tower defense game. It's pretty challenging. There's a lot to it. It's monkeys versus balloons. It's pretty funny. I have just loved every moment of the game. So the one cool thing for this this week is a little light, but if you're looking for a great game to play on your phone, Balloons TD6 is just a fantastic game. Again, none of these things on the one cool thing are ads. It's just something that I love, that I've enjoyed, and that I think you may enjoy too, and I'm just telling you to check it out. All right, guys, that's our show. Uh, next week, we're going to dive right into the book of Acts. We're going to start with Acts chapter 1. You don't want to miss it, and you don't want to miss any of our episodes, so make sure that you're going to gospelcenteredpodcast.com and subscribing to our show. That's just subscribing to the podcast. We're not going to send you any sort of spam email or anything like that, but you're going to hear about all the things that we're doing, and as we begin to create new content, you'll hear all about that. All right, guys, I love you all. I hope you're having a great week, and until next time, have a fantastic week.